Welcome to The Nerds Are Typing, a podcast where we dive deeper into our favorite fictional works and critically analyze characters through the lens of the Enneagram and MBTI. I'm Delia. And I'm Connie. We're excited to nerd out with all of you about our favorite characters. And today, some of them are our favorite characters. Today, we're <laughs> discussing, we're, fi- we're finishing around the Enneagram. <sighs> With uh, Enneagram Type 9 and our last two types for the MBTI, ISFP, and INFP. Wow. Guys, we all made it. Aren't you excited? I'm excited. We learned so much in this first season. So much. And honestly, we're we're ending with a banger. This is going to be kind Listen, of a jam-packed episode. Yes, bear with us. Um, but it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. I already, I, I feel the vibes. I'm like, yeah. I'm ready. So while this may be our season finale, let us know if you have character or a property you'd be interested in seeing typed in future seasons because there will be future yes, seasons. This Ooh. is only a hiatus. We're going to be pausing because we got to listen. We've talked about so many different characters and so many different properties. And as we've gone through the show, we've gotten so excited for things that we didn't know we'd be excited about. So we have to, you know, step back and like, and take a look at what we want to talk about. Cause there's so many things we want to talk about and we can't do them all at once. I wish we could. But I really, alas, really wish we could. Alas, we have to like prioritize, like make an make a list and make an order. Like we have to st- strategize. Okay, um, that's it. Be that you know, way. Yeah. So send us your suggestions on Instagram at the nerds are typing or on Twitter at nerds are typing. Um, even though we're going to be on a brief hiatus, we're always excited to chat about the Enneagram and MBTI on our Instagram, and we're constantly putting content over there too. So you should just head on over. Exactly. So today is today. for me, <laughs> at least on Enneagram <laughs> side. Listen, as okay, an Enneagram people. nine, as, oh no, <laughs> as an Enneagram nine, I did try fellow nines. I did try to, uh, you know, restructure the podcast so that nine was first, but Delia wouldn't let me. And then we just decided it would be better to just go in order. But, you know, I think it does work as like a good season finale. So I'm I'm okay with it at this point. But we always have to wait. And I just, Dahlia's always in the middle. So like just solidly five in the middle, like literally the, the direct middle of the numbers. So whether they start at nine, if they start at one, like even if they started like eight, because it's like the first one in the, you know, the, which one? The gut triad. That's the one. Um, <laughs> even then, you still like, it's like, okay, I'm sadly in the middle. But She's man, so eager to get dragged, y'all. I don't know why. <laughs> I know. I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> um, if I disappear and don't, and, and I'm not speaking, it's because I fled. <laughs> and you know what? That's fair. I wanted to crawl out of my skin when we did uh, episode five, so... <laughs> Low-key. Um, look, I'm not opposed to going in reverse order. Like, we might do that from time to time for different series if it comes up on our Instagram or if we start putting more content on Twitter. Um, that isn't just memes dragging, y'all. Uh, <laughs> ah! Wow. Sometimes I'd be, I'd be doing too much on Twitter. I know. It's fine. Um, It'd be but I'm not opposed to going in reverse order. But for explanation purposes, because of where the Enneagram 9 falls on the whole system which is at the tippy top 
Um, it's best just for explanation purposes that it's last because it's kind of like you said, a good season finale. It's like the culmination of all the types, kind of. We the midnight, we the twelve o'clock. On you the did dot. twelve o'clock. <laughs> so, like we said today, we are going over Enneagram Nine, which is called the Peacemaker. That's Connie. She brings peace into all of our lives. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so just that's the one positive thing, and then it's all going to be like at the expense of herself, the cop, blah blah blah. I won't jump. We'll ahead. see how we'll see I how we feel at the ahead. end. We'll see how we feel at the end because we got some heavy hitter characters. I don't know if true, you're going to feel that true, bad. True, you're right, you're right, you're right. So for the basics, um, again, we kind of talked about how we've talked like this whole season that this is not going to be all encompassing for the types, but I feel the need to stress that, especially for an Enneagram 9, and I'll explain as we get further in why that is. Um, But again, this is not all encompassing, but just some like key basics. Um, Enneagram 9s are typically good listeners. They're generous, amiable, non-judgmental, and key conflict avoidant. Yeah, you know. Who who, who is it? Who who likes conflicts? (laughs) Apparently people, apparently people be liking conflict and I truly don't understand. <laughs> Last week we just went over the Enneagram 8. We know a few. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, so the, so they're very con- very stress on the conflict avoidant. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's in their name. They are peacemakers. They seek harmony and peace. So that in turn means that they really try to avoid conflict at all costs. Um, so again, we're still in the instinctive center the gut triad. Again, if you'll remember, last week we came back to it, but we started our whole system in the gut triad. So the mm-hmm. gut triad in total in, uh, is an eight, a nine, and a one. Mm-hmm. Um, so unlike the other triads where it's like five, six, seven, or two, three, four, um, it kind of goes a little bit out of order and can seem a little wonky, but don't let that confuse you. Because it's at the nine is at the top. It's like the top third of the Enneagram. Fancy. So last week, Connie asked because I brought up how the eight's anger is focused outward and she was like, well, how does a nine experience anger? Because it can be confusing, especially right, to a nine. Because like, a, one, a one, as we did in the first episode, is in focused inward. Right. And an mm-hmm. eight is focused outward. So mm-hmm. we're actually going to make a little detour. Yay! Uh-oh. Um, I did not teach this in the other episodes. So this is, if you made it this far, this is kind of like a little bit of bonus content. Are we in 102? You you might be a one on two any of that. Level it up. Level it up. Level up. So I'm going to explain it, but we're gonna go through all the types. So like you nobody else feels left out. Like we're only mm. talking about nine. We didn't learn this about the other types. Don't worry. I got you. Okay. So okay. each type has a way in which they focus their energy. Mm. Now please, I guess I should preface this. Do not just don't even think about the MBTI right now. Don't think about that kind of energy. Mm. Put that aside. Please Do put that think aside. think about introversion and extroversion. Yes. No. Mm-hmm. We're going to put that to the side for okay. now. And we'll, mm-hmm. that, that comes up later in, in our podcast and the things we do. In this way, we, they focus their energy in different ways in order to cope with the emotion that guides their triad. So starting with the gut triad, again, the, the emotion that guides them is anger. Um, how they each deal with anger is different. Like I said last week, an eight acts out their anger. They focus their energy outward to protect against the environment because they don't want to be harmed or controlled. A one on the other side of a nine um, exerts their energy onto themselves to repress any badness. 
Um, this means that they're trying to hold a boundary internally to repress impulses and feelings that for whatever reason they've deemed as negative or bad. Again, that's going to differ from one to one. We talked about that in that episode. So you'll see differences in ones culturally, um, what they consider good and bad. And you can have an evil character whose idea of good is very skewed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are repressing their anger. Nines, if you'll remember from last episode when Connie asked, I said, in short, it's both. Um, they exert their energy both outward and inward to maintain equi- equilibrium and Ooh, peace. Balance. Right. So I they are bring balance to the force. <laughs> so they're trying to make sure all all of their everything outside of them, so their energy outward is at peace and stable, but also inside. But that means they are denying their anger. A lot of nines will not even realize that it's there. <clears throat> Ooh. Um, oh, yeah, I, um, um, okay. Mm-hmm. Which wow. I think also for nines in particular means they will mistype a lot. But there's a lot of reasons why nines will mistype. We'll come back to it because, again, we're in our little bonus part. So we're going to move on to the other types. We're going to move back over to the feeling center. Do we remember what emotion guides the feeling center? Maybe? That's fine. It's shame. <laughs> I was like, wait, I co-host this podcast. Why don't I remember? I was about to be like, the head. <laughs> <laughs> i'm failing my own quiz wow it, you she the mbti expert she ain't yes. taking the quiz this is yeah. you guys if y'all yeah. got it wrong that's on y'all y'all are yeah. the y'all are the students yes yes we <laughs> um, are co-teachers here we are co-teachers <laughs> i don't ask me mbti questions please <laughs> but right so the so in the feeling center shame guides them so all, everything that the different the three types are doing in that center is to avoid shame. So a two is like an eight and their energy is focused outwards. They're pouring their energy into others, projecting an image outward of friendliness and helpfulness to obtain, again, what do they want? They want to be wanted and loved. So they're trying to obtain that with this, not necessarily false, it can be true, but they're projecting and enhancing this image of friendliness and helpfulness because they think that those are the actions that are going to get them love. And this goodness that they are exerting allows them to not feel shame. A four is focusing their energy inward, building up an idealized image of themselves based on fantasies, feelings, and past experiences. Mm. Very like, you know, aesthetic. Like that's like, uh, (laughs) I feel like that description is kind of, it can be very deep, but also it can also be kind of, um, it's both shallow and deep. Like it, sure. it runs the gamut, I guess is yeah. what I'm trying to say. I think partially because fours like to, like you, you were saying that fours sometimes can present, like uh, seek uniqueness. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's it's deep and it's internal. And sometimes it's like they just want to be different. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so that's um, the shallow part, yeah. Yeah, it's focusing internally so they can try and realize this idealized image of themselves because they believe that will bring them what they desire, which is a sense of authenticity. But by doing this, and, you know, part of this is dramatizing their past experiences, it allows them to victimize themselves and avoid feeling shame. Guys, I didn't know she was going to drag every single one of us this week, but again, (laughs) it is the season finale. 
it's a season finale and people would have said i feel left out we would have gotten comments and now y'all aren't left out aren't you guys happy wow i don't think anybody was gonna say that i think that was just delia's intp and five looking yes, for all they the would. possibilities and being like nope cutting that one off cutting that one off cutting that one off <laughs> I, no, I am pretty sure because we've gotten comments. People are like, well, when is it going to be my type? And I'm like, fam, it's coming. I mean, we love our listeners. We appreciate y'all, but we ain't going to leave y'all out. Don't worry. Like, we, we, we out here. We got you. We got you. Um, so, yeah, that's a four. A three, like a nine. So, it's usually, it's the center of that triad. But you don't need to remember that if that's too complex. Mm. But the three and the energy moves in both directions. They build up an almost chameleon-like external image to appeal to others in order to receive validation as to the, their worth. Because again, they're they're worried that's their main concern is their worth. Um, but they also internally try to do self-talk on themselves to believe the hype of their external image and resisting internal shame. So, I um, so like. <laughs> Those three six nine folks, because I already know what you're about to say. I already got, I can see it. I'm I'm looking ahead as an INFJ. I see all the possibilities, and you about to go like five set five six seven, and six is in the center, and so it does yeah. both. Yeah, man, man, wow, and I'm wild. Sorry, three five three six nines. Like, <laughs> um, so that is the feeling center, and lastly, the head center, my center. Mm. is led by fear slash anxiety i feel like it's good to reframe the fear as anxiety because i think people misunderstand fear but it the technical mm. term mm-hmm. is fear but reframing it as anxiety yeah, um not like a phobia but right like awareness. a phobia mm-hmm. right exactly um so for fives they focus their energy internally because the only safe place is their mind they stockpile internal resources to compensate for the support they fear is lacking in the outside world because again they're about wanting to be competent and not and they fear you know being unable to handle the world mm. and by they i mean me anyway. <laughs> moving on <laughs> type sevens mm. love y'all type sevens i moved to y'all in disintegration what's up <laughs> <laughs> they pour their energy into the outside world so they're again their energy's moving outward um, to avoid the negativity of their inner world because um, they want to avoid uh, <sighs> basically bad feelings and any negativity. They're constantly seeking security they feel is missing inside of them. And lastly, six. <laughs> wow. Wow. Drags all around. Drags all around. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> sixes spend their energy inside, within and without. So their inner anxiety pushes them to seek security from other people, mm. which is why they're so loyal, etc. Um, but they distrust their own judgment and worry that they worry that they don't know how to figure these things out for themselves. So they retreat back inside. Because and it's just a vicious cycle. They literally ping pong back and forth <laughs> between inner outer, inner outer. Um, they never fully feel secure within or without. So that is how the energy moves, and that's why sometimes you may feel like a seven may not feel like they're a seven because when they go and look at the triads, they're like, mm, "It says they're guided by fear," but I am fearless. I'd be out here on adventures. 
but, but it's about where the energy is going and how you're responding or slash mm. dealing with that emotion. Mm-hmm. So like nine to be mistyped. You're afraid of your inner, inner emotions. And that, yeah. yeah. That's deep, right? Mm. <laughs> but nines may mistype because they're like, I don't have any anger. I'm chill. Especially nines at chill. their most <laughs> average um, because <laughs> nines are the more than any other type prone to falling asleep to themselves so that's like enneagram <laughs> lingo that's... Asleep. <laughs> <laughs> right nines literally be falling asleep. naps though nap time love it but in enneagram lingo like the whole point of the enneagram we've kind of talked about this and touched on it before the whole point of the enneagram is to wake up to your true self that because like personality is a mask that we put on to like deal with our traumas we've talked about that before and so nines are the most prone to falling asleep to themselves um, because they so, moving on to their core desires and fear, desire to be at peace internally and externally. Mm-hmm. The reason that they're conflict avoidant is because their deepest fear is loss slash separation. Ooh, yikes. Uh, I feel the drag for <laughs> my friends. Okay, anyways, moving on. <laughs> Can feel it through the through, through the call. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But that's why they're conflict avoidant and they desire peace at all costs because they... <laughs> Pers- uh-oh. <laughs> we love abandonment issues. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. You have uh, to laugh. You have to laugh. It's what you got to do because, um, yeah, so they avoid conflict at all costs because they're afraid if there is conflict, that'll cause people to leave. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um. Did we talk about the fact that because uh, nines are at the top of the Enneagram, like the ways no, in which... No, we are. Are we going there? Okay. Yeah, we go in there. All right. First, All right. I just want to talk about because they want to be at peace and they're conflict avoidant, mm-hmm. it's to the point that they do not know themselves. Like, ah, there you That's go. what makes them... We didn't talk about, the, talk about that, but they are also very indecisive. Um, <laughs> they literally... I swear this is not like a sub a big huge subtweet to Connie. It just is what it is. It's the, the strongest drag of <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. But they're very mm-hmm. indecisive because they mm-hmm. don't know their own needs because they're yes. so busy repressing them so yes. that as not to cause conflict yes. amongst other people and those around them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so that, like, that's, like, their actual needs. Like, what do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? But also just, also their wants, their dreams, they often just won't know because (laughs) it's not because they're, and it's not because necessarily that specific thing is going to bring conflict. Like, if you talk to an aunt and it's like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're like, I don't know, which is a, that was a bad example because, like, you don't have to know what you, know that, the answer to that, but just No, but it's very true. I was talking about this too with a friend the other day. I only ever knew that I wanted to be a writer, and it's, you know, crazy because I'm like, oh, I've accomplished that. But otherwise, I only decided what I wanted to be in life by, uh, like, rejecting things as opposed to deciding anything. See? Um... (laughs) But because it's not necessarily like that wanting to do that or not knowing what you want to do is not necessarily because like if I choose, I want to be a writer, that will cause conflict. It's because you fall out of the habit of being in touch with yourself by avoiding other decisions and speaking up in other ways that in general, you fall asleep to your own wants and needs. So they're just bad at making decisions all around. Sorry. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Which makes them similar to twos. We talked that we would talk about that when we got here twos often mistype as nines and that is because twos also are very indecisive and kind of unclear on their needs and wants but that is because they 
are putting on an image, they know what they want deep down and they want those Mm. needs met and they kind of expect other people to meet those needs. They're just kind of keeping them to themselves as not to interfere with the image that they're friendly and helpful. And so it's motivated that they're keeping Mm. it hidden from everybody else. But if, in again, if you fall out of practice and you're keeping it hidden from other people, it also become hidden to yourself. So for twos who are mistyping as nines, it is very difficult to suss out why. Why do I not know what I want? Is it because I'm just trying to remain, like keep stasis, keep peace? Or mm-hmm. is it because I want people to think I am a certain way so that they love me? <laughs> Specifically, a helpful, friendly person who needs and wants nothing. I am the helper. They don't help me. So mm. think on that if you're confused. Drags all around. Drags <laughs> all around. So next, the nine in the Enneagram. Woo! In the system, they are at the very top. So a thing about a nine, because that because they um, are so conflict avoidant, they're, I said at the top, they're very amiable, and they are, but also means they're kind of malleable with their personality. <laughs> Not in a manipulative way, like more um, unhealthy, like twos or threes. It's more just like, sinc- like sincerely, like whatever the group wants, I will go with it. Mm-hmm. 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 Which means like if you're with an outgoing group of friends, you're going to be more outgoing and be like, yeah, let's go do it. But if you're with friends that are like, yeah, I'm kind of just, I want to chill here. They're going to be like, yeah, I want to chill here. That's fine. But it means that they're kind of, they're not chameleons like a three is necessarily, but they just take on a lot of the traits of the rest of the Enneagram. Um, they're kind of said to have all of the traits and like we all do, but the nine specifically does, <laughs> which means again, a lot of nines have a hard time typing <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, when I first like before I met Dahlia uh, and she like explained how to like figure out what your Enneagram is, which is just, you know, read them all and whichever one hurts your feelings the most uh, is probably the one. Um, I think I like took a couple tests and I was like trying to read the descriptions, but I was overwhelmed by the system. But I think two and six were the ones that I was like, well, maybe I'm a two, maybe I'm a six. Six makes sense because anxiety, but also nine goes to six. Uh, in stress so uh that tracks and then if nine and two are both the ones that are sort of like i don't know um that also tracks Mm -hmm. exactly so it can be hard to suss out but uh i encourage you potential nines out there or nines who are doubting that they're nine just really sit with it for a while you really have to look at the key motivations and the key fears and also where you're moving around the Enneagram. So to get to that, <laughs> we have our wings. This is a little bit, a little bit more confusing, but I believe that the class can do it because we've made it this far. We made it this far, we- guys. Wings are on either side of us. So what are the wings to a type nine? Eight and one. Oh, crazy. Very good. I know. You know, it's 11 crazy. and two. You, you, you hold your hands on the steering wheel at eight and one. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like a clock. So an eight is to one side and the one is to the other because the nine is the last type. Yeah, Um, 11 and one, but clocks. Yeah. I can't do it. It's fine. She's a New Yorker. She doesn't drive. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. Um, So for the wings, a nine with a type eight wing is going to be more grounded outgoing, assertive. And I wanted to highlight this, not as a negative, but because again, more things that can muddle the type of a nine, they'll be quicker to anger. So most nines are deny their anger and kind of are asleep to it. 
Um, but a nine with a wing eight is going to reach their anger more quickly, usually in the service of seeking peace. Like if there yes. is conflict around them, they will go to anger in order to diffuse or yes, squash whatever to conflict. Solve the conflict. Like, exactly. Avoiding conflict, but with the it, it does make sense to me because it's like avoiding conflict is like a a symptom that's the wrong word but a symptom of being a nine but the core fear is i mean the core desire is to be at peace so if mm -hmm. peace peace be still peace be steel okay as medea would say like if you want to <laughs> achieve peace there are like there's the you know chill way to do it but an, a nine wing eight is going to achieve peace in the malcolm x kind of way any means necessary <laughs> right exactly they're like I, and that's I, not me <laughs> Just no, it is clear. not. Just to it be clear, not. in case in these last nine episodes, if you did not know me before and this is your first time meeting me, I I am so far from an eight. <laughs> very, very far. The the one wing is strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a nine with a, an eight wing. It's like I I don't normally ride unless called upon. But when called upon, I will ride. Yes. So. Nine wing eights are nine wing eights are interesting, and also some of my favorite people. Uh, they they know who they are. They're listening. They know. <laughs> um, so at nine wing one, um, they're going to be more lofty, idealistic, um, orderly, and critical. So they're going to have a more honestly like a <laughs> uh -oh. like a more J personality. Like if you think of the MBTI. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, they're going to be also more reserved and uh, calm, I think, a uh, type of nine. Um, an eight, a nine wing eight, sorry, is going to be, like I said, more assertive, but but also maybe skewed towards the extroverted. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's stuff to know. Um, if you want to know what a nine wing, wing, wing one is, just Connie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um. So moving around the Enneagram again, this is where you really want to key into if you're not really sure after all of this, you're still like, am I a nine? It's very confusing because I just really don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, you want to look at how you move. So in disintegration slash moving in stress, they move toward, like Connie said earlier, they move towards sixes. They become more anxious, worried, and rigid, which can look like stubbornness, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It's very um, funny because Delia typed herself and was like, she because but it's a type five is very like logical and like on it about that kind of thing. Like they just know who they are and they just know like, yeah, this kind of sucks here <laughs> as a five. But I can hear the way that Delia is trying to like drag everyone equally, but also like I'm literally on this call with her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And so it's like, is there another way to say it? No, I just have to say it. You just have to say it. I knew what I was signing up for when we decided to do this podcast. So it's fine. 
I'm it's trying fine. to be an equal opportunity dragger, but it's yes. different when the person's on the call with you. You're like, oh, uh, yeah. So Go because for it's it. not like it's fine. Again, we're legitimately like friends outside of this. It's not like we just we're co-hosts. Like we're friends, so I know when what I'm saying is about to be like, Oop. yeah yeah and it's like we have friends who are other types and like while we're talking about them it's like ooh, we know who that's gonna drag but, but they ain't gonna listen for a little bit yeah yeah it's happening live it's happening live but in growth yay yeah, yeah growth <laughs> when they're moving in integration they move towards a three so they become more self-developing energetic and productive I don't think we've talked about, have we talked about this this season? It's not really important to our purposes, but in running the Enneagram, you'll know, like, there's a, like, there's virtues and sins attached to each Enneagram type, oh, but brother. not, like, in the kind of, like, not actually, like, it's not actually religious, but, you know, like, avarice, mm-hmm. gluttony, those types of things. Right. And for nines, mm-hmm. it's sloth. Oh, yeah, it is. So because they're asleep to themselves and their needs, they don't attend to their needs. They're just kind of <laughs> like, whatever. But that's why it says, because I don't think we really highlighted it in any of the rest of it, but that's why in growth, they become more energetic and more productive. So you'll see them more actively pursuing like their goals or mm-hmm. even just their to-do list or whatever. <laughs> um, so there mm-hmm. is that. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. I, before I knew as a nine, I always related to the sin of sloth. And it just, that helped confirm it, honestly. <laughs> did you really? I did yes. that part I didn't know. Yes. <laughs> I've always been like, well, yeah, I don't like, I'm lazy. <laughs> Which is like, it's, it's, that's a complicated word. And I try to reframe it sometimes because sometimes laziness is actually just anxiety or depression. Um, and I think that's an important thing to like begin to talk about. But also, I just rest. You know, rest like, good. yeah, I'm not a... Um, you know, like a three is like a go-getter. They're going to go after what they want. Again, energetic, productive, um, you know, very bold in achieving their dreams. And then I, I'm, I'm only sometimes, occasionally I'll dip into that in growth, but usually it's not that. I'm just chill. I'm chilling. That's basically a nine. A nine is just chilling. They're just uh, chilling, which unless- is not always good because again, I'm sleep to what I need, and so I don't, I can't answer any questions. What do I want for dinner? I don't know. I have to, and and as an INFJ, I have to like really just think it out because there's nothing like physical in the world that's going to help me make this decision usually. Um, but also, I'm just because I'm lazy. Also, it's pizza. That'll do it. <laughs> Someone mentions pizza, and I'm just like. Yeah, pizza for dinner, sure. Like it's very much like a a spur of the moment decision usually. Um it can be before dinner, like I can wake up and be like I'm going to get Chinese food later, but and that's a decision made, but it's not like it really trick it really kicks in when it's like a group decision because a nine again doesn't want to cause conflict. We don't want people to be upset and so it's like, "Oh, you choose the restaurant." Well, what if they don't like the restaurant? What if something bad happens? Like there are so many (laughs) uh, like variations of what could happen. So it's like, you don't Mm want to be the one to pick the restaurant. So you're going to be like, I don't know, because you're going to be constantly weighing the options of like, well, this one has this and this one has that. And you're also always thinking about other people versus yourself because you want to create harmony. You want everyone to have a good time. And so you want the experience to be great and it just causes too much stress. And so you shut down and then you're just like, I don't know. You choose. Mm -hmm. 
And okay. I think I didn't highlight this because I didn't feel Ooh, like I'm such a nine. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't highlight this because like there's so much to a nine mm-hmm. and I just was like, we can leave that part. But I will say like, because I wanted to talk about the other aspects of how anger works within the nine, but because they're often conflict avoidant in, in pursuit of keeping the peace, you know, and, and making everybody make sure everybody's happy and everybody's, you know, at more of equilibrium, not necessarily happy, but like everybody's good they often don't get there just because they're consciously unaware of it doesn't mean they don't know that they want to go to this restaurant like deep down or know they don't like Chinese food or whatever. So it can often leak, their anger can often leak out as passive aggression and not necessarily because like a two where they're like, they should have known better. They should have known that I needed this met. It's just more about like, they're frustrated because they can't express what they want or need. So, Mm -hmm. but they know like it's building up, they're wanting and needing it, but they have no outlet to express it. So it kind of leaks out as passive aggression. So that's also a note. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Well, you, I I had to, you, you, you I I was just Mm -hmm. building, just building off what was there. I know, I know. I knew what I was getting into. So, characters <laughs> i know it's i know this is the I, part again. where we win this is the part where we win guys if you're a nine out there like that was just the the, the filthiest drag of your life probably <laughs> um i i can't tell how much worse it is than the other types because it's me like i'm in it um i'm the one being dragged across the floor but we do win when it comes to characters we are the main it- character guys this main character syndrome nines will never want it but they are the main character in terms of our podcast i think the drag was a little worse but just because we had so much to talk about as far as like the nine and its functionality and the enneagram and wrapping up the enneagram so we spent more time on it so it may felt worse sorry about that but as characters i did i tried i really tried to find i want to find and we might along the way on our instagram or you know um just as we you know, go through this journey. Yeah, as we go through this journey, we might find other n- characters as nines in a more unhealthy stage because I really think that would be interesting. And I'd really like to highlight some of those just to give it balance because I, the whole point of this exploration is how to better, like write better characters and, and mm-hmm. analyze characters more effectively. Uh, but if you typecast characters, that's not good either. So we will find balance at some point. But I think um, nines are often make for very good main characters because because of their adaptability. They're very good point of view characters. Um, and also, like we said up top, their name is the Peacemaker. So they're looking to reduce conflict. So if you have a story that that introduces a big conflict, the nine is going to be like, we got to, we have to, we have to, we got to stop that. Especially like, that. Mm-hmm. and both of their wings also, it doesn't matter which wing really leans to that. Cause a nine wing, wing one is going to be more idealistic and lofty. So they're going to have like this idealized version of like idea of what things should be. And so if there's conflict happening and it's uh, coming up against that idea, they'll want to squash it. But also a nine wing eight is more assertive and outgoing. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, well, one additional point that I did want to make sure is that the main character usually doesn't want to be the main character. <laughs> and that right. tracks for how a nine would be. Like a nine is the main character, does not want to be the main character. Like, because uh, it's just like a, you know, it's the thing now to be like, you are not the main character of the story. Like other people are like, no, the nine is the main character, but they don't want it. <laughs> right. Please. <laughs> 
don't make us the main character. But the conflict is so great that we have to we have to step in. So that brings us to our first and possibly one of our most controversial mm. characters. I'm so excited. We're going to have a whole episode and this is already going long. I already told I, when we were going to start this episode, I'm like, look, we're going to go long because there's a it's lot It's the here. last one and nines are very complex. And also it's about me, the main character. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and we also have two MBTIs to go through. But right. so that it is one what should it is. be a little shorter. It's fine. But the first character is Harry Potter. The reason for the season, unfortunately. But a wing us. eight. A wing eight. Very <laughs> She's clear. She's like, don't associate with me with that boy. No, <laughs> no I just think it's very important to contextualize. Yes. Because he gets, what, two a lot? I think six a lot. And it's nine, but it's with the wing eight. Yeah. In stress, he moves to a, a six. It's a strong wing. Strong wing. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing with the six is in growth, they move to a nine? Right? They move mm-hmm. to nine in growth? They have to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's not Harry. Harry moves to a three in growth. Hello. Um, mm-hmm. And so, therefore, is a nine. Yep. Um, and I think it's very... We've, we've in, on the internet, gone into discussions with people. I've seen posts and commented on posts where people type Harry in a different way, but I am... He's a nine. He's a nine with a strong wing eight, for sure. Mm-hmm. He, But I think what people miss out on is... Because they're like... Harry is such a Gryffindor. He's always out here fighting. And I'm like, does he ever seek out the fight? Think about that. Does he ever seek out the fight? Like a couple, uh, again, his wing eight really comes to to the forefront with Malfoy, but otherwise. (laughs) Well, I think with Malfoy, the thing is, but he doesn't, it's usually Malfoy starting the fights. He usually is minding his business, except book six, but book six is a, we will get to it when we cover the Harry Potter, cover Harry yeah. Potter in general. He's not. He's definitely not in growth. <laughs> is what right. we'll say. Book six is, which is uh, an, which is a thing that everybody. we've discussed. Which is a thing that we've discussed that in it, it's hard to type characters a lot because the stories are in conflict. Like the story is the character in stress, and so you ha- do have to take that into consideration in when you are discussing. So if people are typing Harry as a six. It does make sense because he's in a state of stress, but net neutral, Harry is a nine. I mean, also people, you know, sixes are seeking security and like he would seem like he lacks that growing up with the Dursleys, but I think he really just wants to be chill and be at peace after growing up with the Dursleys. And his biggest fear is loss and separation, which he goes through a lot. Yikes. Uh, (laughs) Oops. So... I stand by where I'm going to move on <laughs> and I, I know people will probably be in our comments and that's fine. Um, but we are going to do like a full, possibly a full episode on him alone. We've discussed yeah. that because there's other intricacies we're not covering here um, just to not make it a Harry Potter centric episode. But yeah, the, he, the nine. A more period. classic Harry Potter nine um, that is, oh, like 99 like not 100 percent undisputed that i've never seen anyone type him differently is lupin remus lupin is definitely a nine uh he is my favorite character and it makes the most sense uh again those that's something we'll talk about later uh it's been going long but we don't need to talk about it because he's just a nine like there's no discussion to be had here <laughs> the fact that he fears loss and separation and then that's all he gets stop anyway. it <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Oh my goodness! (laughs) Wow! This is what happened when you talked about Sirius, wasn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> you just, it Look just it. came out of your mouth. I just, I have a lot of feelings about <laughs> Remus Lupin and Sirius Black. <sighs> and the Marauders in general. But okay. We'll okay, get to we'll it. move on. There will we'll also probably be a Marauders episode. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Moving yeah. on. Moving but again, on. not a Harry Potter podcast. Not a Harry Potter podcast. That's just the reason for the season. I say that because like, that's basically how we became friends. But anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, Shikamaru from Naruto is also a nine. Like he is chilling. He doesn't want no problems. He can't be bothered. Literally, he's always like, oh, what a drag. He does not want to be doing nothing except chilling with his dad. <laughs> um, not doing much. But when called upon, yeah, he's ready. He's ready to end conflicts, bring peace, do all of that. I I love Shikamaru um, of Naruto. He's top five characters. Um, I don't know if he's my number one character. If you watch Naruto, you know there's 10,000 characters. So top five is a very high <laughs> honor. I was looking at a list because we were Googling uh, uh, some, you know, one of the MBTI types to see if there were additional uh, characters we could include. And <laughs> not one one had a list that was like three or four characters from Naruto Shippuden. And I was like, I can't even ask because I can't. I'm overwhelmed. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot of characters there. So Shikamaru, a nine. Next, back to main character syndrome, uh, Frodo. Frodo Baggins from Lord of the Rings is absolutely a nine. He doesn't want these problems, but the problems come find him. Yes. And it's sort of especially uh, evident when he decides to take the ring. It's sort of like the conflict of the scene, uh, you know, in the movies is literally what drives him to take the ring because because uh you know he wanted to avoid all of that conflict and he's like well i guess i have to do it yeah he was like none of y'all none of y'all got it he's a wing one <laughs> yeah yeah um but he's like yeah none of y'all got it so it's gotta be me <laughs> i guess it's me literally he speaks up in the middle of an argument yes so yes next well, you can take it. Next is this. I don't go here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Sailor Moon, which I know people are going to be like, Connie, you really just are just typing all of your favorite characters as nines. But three char- three uh, Sailor Soldiers are nines. Usagi being the main one of them. Also, Sailor Saturn, who is also my favorite character, and also uh, Sailor Jupiter. But we'll focus on Usagi right now in that, like, Guys, she just like she's the lazy girl who doesn't want to do anything but like hang out and like read comic books and play video games and you know these conflicts come into her life and she's just like Ugh. <laughs> I guess it has to be me. Um she's also very like she's definitely the peacemaker. Like every single person who's come into her life is someone that she has given peace in some way, shape or form. Um, she is like, there are 10 sailor soldiers and they all get along because they all do it for Usagi. Um, there are just so many reasons why she is a a nine and it's not me just trying to like center my favorite characters, but literally she's like a, a a goddess messiah, future queen of the universe (laughs) who like causes peace like literally crystal tokyo is because she like dispelled all of the evil characters from the planet <laughs> like you 
can't get more nine than that. I really tried for a long time to be like, maybe she's some other type. Maybe she's, nope, she's she's a nine. It's just, it is what it is. So. Yeah, main character syndrome, but yeah. it'd be that way. If it fits, it, be it that fits. Way. And again, she doesn't want to be the main character. Like, and her character growth on the show is basically like her increasingly like accepting this position that she has. But the first couple seasons, she's just like, she's a crybaby. She's like, I can't do this. And then later seasons, she's also a crybaby, but it's like a more softer, like soft crying as opposed to like, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen a lot of gifts of her crying. Yes. Yes. She <laughs> cries the most. Several characters call her a crybaby. <laughs> That's funny. I thought to that her was face. just like. The anime style, but no, it's a character trait. Yes, Got it. Yes. <laughs> Usagi, you're such a crybaby. And then she's just like, yeah, but I don't want to do this. <laughs> so um, yeah. next, um, second to last, is Jane Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. I had to include her. I love Jane Bennett. Um, I'm currently rereading Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> um, literally, there's a line um, that Elizabeth says to Jane, like, all the world is good and agreeable in your eyes, which... Yeah. That's, there you go. She mm-hmm. very much is concerned with, I mean, this is also Pride and Prejudice is a Regency era novel. So part of it is about propriety, but like she mm-hmm. very much goes out of her way to repress her feelings and her like her misfortunes, if you will, that she ha- is experiencing as not to like worry or cause any conflict with the rest of her family because she knows her mother will lose it <laughs> if she knows what's happened to her. So Jane Bennett, a very lovely bean, but also a nine. Um, Last. (laughs) And listen, guys, I know we're like very far into this episode. So we're going to try to contain ourselves because we do have two more MBTI types to go. We do. But we have lots of feelings. Lots. Um, It's Zuko. (laughs) And again, and again, I am not trying to type characters as my type. I really... But it's Zuko's also a nine wing eight. Like it just, it's a fact. The thing is, and again, we'll cover this more later and we really do need to move on. Like there will um, also, sorry. don't worry. There will also be an entire Zuko episode, Absolutely. potentially more than one. <laughs> sorry to editor Delia trying to edit all of this down, but. Um, it's fine. Don't do it. Yeah. Zuko <laughs> is definitely a nine wing eight. The wing eight is strong. Um, he's also just um, moving in stress a lot. And I think his anxiety is like focused yeah. outward. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, he, we talked about this, I think in episode four, when I was like making kind of a like remark yeah. that people just like to type fruity characters as right. force. Mm-hmm. And he is who I had in mind because it, I think just because he goes to this fruity period, people are like, he must be a four then because fours are broody. It's like, well, first of all, not all fours are broody. Right. Firstly. Second of all, not all people who are going through depression, sadness, trauma are forced. No. Um, And that is the case with him. Uh, He definitely is trying to be balanced within himself. Okay, look, I already see this going long. I need to stop because I was really just about to do the episode. So I know, but but some key points are that his whole reason for chasing the avatars because he's trying to appease his father because he doesn't want conflict in that relationship. His uh, character growth really just pushes him towards like actually you know centering himself and understanding what he wants in life and moving forward with that and he is the best 
which is a, a, a nine trait. He just is the best. Truly love him. He is, but he's a good listener. He's not judgmental. You know, he's conflict avoidant in the fact, in the way that it, it's just, it just uh, presents itself in a different way. And again, we'll talk more about it later, but also he's a little quick to anger and he's very fighty. Again, that's the wing eight. Moving on. Moving on. Woo! The, uh, this this jam packed episode we promised on accident <laughs> finale. We didn't when we planned the 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 seasons. I mean the episodes. Uh, there was there's a loose structure. It's not very strong, but like some of the MBTIs do strongly tie into some of the enneagrams. And so today, that's why nine goes with ISFP and INFP. I think both of those types tend towards nine. Um, and that, you know, you can see some of those patterns in other episodes, but it's time to talk about MBTI. Um, and we'll, again, we'll get to talk about Zuko again. So <laughs> look forward <laughs> to that. Um, so the thing with these, this was an accidental find, but both ISFP and INFP uh, lead with introverted feeling. So their cognitive stack leads with introverted feeling. Um which I will describe first, and then I will split between each type. So introverted feeling, if you lead with introverted feeling, um, you're warm, enthusiastic, um, but you won't really show how enthusiastic you are about something until you know someone very well. That introvert is strong in this type. The introvert is strong. Um, <laughs> they value harmony above everything else, which is one reason why it's in the Enneagram 9 episode. Um, they're best focused... Uh, working internally um, because of that extrovert introverted feeling uh, they work best by themselves like don't don't bother them don't mm -mm. Their, their happiest work is when they can do work that uh, they can do alone and deals with their personal values so things that to do with the arts literature psychology like thing places where they can perceive uh, someone's need uh, the introverted fe introverted feeling feelers yeah that's the one uh have deep feelings very deep feelings but again they won't really express it until pressed but the myers-briggs book had the had the phrase inner tenderness <laughs> i just really liked that but they're like always trying to protect that inner tenderness um they are very passionate and convicted towards their inner values um but both of those things are tend to be hidden by reserve and repose so uh that's why you can't really tell if they have these really deep feelings and deep um enthusiasms for things because they don't they're not gonna like express it very strongly um, they both have a sense of duty and a faith and obligation in obligation, but they don't really care about influencing other people. So like the way that they move through life is that they're going to, it's just, it'll work out. It's going to happen. They're very idealistic. Um, but they're not going to like pressure you or try to bully you into doing something like that's just not how they are. There's no aggression there. They just have a confidence that they're going to see their way through. Um, which is very, like, it's very self-confident in a way that you wouldn't think about for an introvert who doesn't really like talking to other people, but they just know themselves really mm -hmm. well. Um, they're very loyal uh, to other people. Uh, they're open-minded, flexible, adaptable. Um, but if something that they value is in danger, they stop adapting. There's like a, a wall that kind of comes up. They're very stubborn at that point. 
Um, they want their work to contribute to something that matters to them, like a purpose beyond, beyond the paycheck. Like, I mean, the paycheck is very important because it helps you do those things. But um, INFPs especially are very like um, people who want to save the world is how I think I heard it before. Like, mm-hmm. that's what they want to do in, internally. And they can be perfectionists. Um, but it's when they're in that space of this is something I really enjoy and it has value to me and to people in the world. And so there'll be a perfectionist there, but if it's not like that very specific part of them there, it doesn't, mm, who cares? (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Eh, Whatever. So introverted feeling supported by extroverted sensing means ISFP. ISFPs are the artist or the composer. Uh, They're gentle caretakers who live in the present moment and enjoy their surroundings with cheerful, low-key energy. They like to go with the flow and enjoy what life has to offer. Um, They're very realistic because they're the S, the sensing, they live in the moment. Um, And so they see the needs of the moment and try to meet them. Like they're very, again, adaptable. They will meet the moment. Uh, They're typically interested in like medical work. They're good crafters. They love nature. See all of that, like, sensing stuff, like, working with their hands and being able to, like, do things, like, right now, not, like, thinking about it very long. Um, I really liked this uh, turn of phrase also in the Myers-Briggs book that was, like, they use the work of their hands more than the work of their words. So um, Mm. I think I slightly slightly tweaked that because I was, like, the alliteration needs to happen there. The poetry, okay? Um, (laughs) You know. Uh, but an INFP, as we'll discuss later, is more like a person who will use their words to accomplish their goals. But um, an ISFP is a person, again, that, that strong sensing, that extroverted sensing is very strong in that they um, will use their, their hands, crafting, whatever, to uh, be... I don't know. The the book used eloquence, like to be eloquent. Their eloquence Mm. is in their hands um, versus like the eloquence of words, which is where we usually hear that word. But um, yeah. Interesting. Sorry. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Delia had a revelation there. (laughs) Um, They're one of the most modest types. Uh, They don't think their accomplishments are all that great and kind of need to think more highly of themselves, but they're just very much like, well, I'm, well, we're going to do it. Like they're not really thinking about a claim or uh, getting anything out of what they're intending to do. So some characters that it was hard to find um, a few. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was hard to find uh, some characters for this. Uh, that you know we were super familiar with the ones that I'm sure about or feel very confident about are again Sailor Jupiter um she likes to bake she's very sweet she's very romantic um and she's she loves nature like literally she's Sailor Jupiter like her powers are nature powers like you know thunder and leaves (laughs) spinning Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) um so I feel pretty confident about that um, Which one is, wait, sorry, quick question. Which one's yes. the green one? Sailor Jupiter. She was my favorite when I was a kid. <laughs> you were describing her With powers the pink and I was bow. like, that's the one I liked. Yeah. With the pink bow, yeah. The yeah. green and the pink, uh-huh. She's lovely. I remember. <laughs> um, I, Helena from Orphan Black came up and I was like, sure, I'll I'll take it. Like, I have very few thoughts 
other than it feels right. Um, you know, we'll have to discuss that at some point in the future. Uh, but it, it just felt right. Um, Miles Morales was not one that I was thinking of consciously, but it really works. He's definitely an artsy kid um, who's just very chill, does need to like, uh, you know, have a, a stronger investment in himself. Like the whole point of Into the Spider-Verse was that like he needed to take that push and take that leap uh, into, you know, helping into being himself like coming into his destiny basically um and a lot of the idealism uh, of an isfp match miles morales and back to harry potter um i wasn't sure i wasn't confident and i was like really breaking down the uh cognitive functions because again introverted feeling doesn't really feel like harry but another way to think about it is that they judge situations based on their personal ethics, according to how they like to be treated, um, their per mm -hmm. the personal impact is sort of more important than the group impact, which that part felt wrong to me because the whole point of the story is that he's trying to like save everyone and save the world. But I think when paired with the extroverted sensing, it is it does make a little bit more sense because that's how he intakes information. Like he's definitely a sensor. Like he's very much in the moment. He doesn't really think ahead. Doesn't that sound? <laughs> that, mm. He does not really think ahead because the sensor are in the moment. In our community, uh, we often say that Harry is not a Ravenclaw. He's and not. Some some of the other ISFPs out there might be Ravenclaws, but Harry certainly is not. So Harry is not. Um, he's very impulsive. He learns by doing, um, as opposed to like being more theoretical about things. So he's definitely not intuitive. And so those pieces started to pull together. And then I think Delia had a... <laughs> Yeah, well, while um, Connie was going through it, that was my revelation. I was like, oh, because when she was talking about how um, it said that, you know, extroverted sensors are very eloquent with their hands, like constantly Harry is um, complimented for, for praise for how good he is naturally at magic. Mm -hmm. and, um, and Quidditch too. Quidditch too. Like these things come very natural mm -hmm. to him and he's very talented. It's not even just that, like he can do it like like in a perfunctory way like he's talented in it like he yeah, has a he's gift not really for thinking it. about it all that much right. either. he's not like hermione who's like working towards it he's just like well it's what's gonna happen will happen it's just like there's no energy <laughs> there <laughs> right and for all his faults he is very modest like he doesn't mm -hmm. want any of the fame that's thrust upon him or mm -hmm. being the chosen one like none of it he just wants to chill with his two best friends at hogwarts and hogwarts yeah the wizarding world nobody will let him be <laughs> including the author um <laughs> but you know when looking at it, it's like the isfp is all, the artist or the composer like that doesn't seem like harry but maybe his music his magic is music i don't know i'm making that up i'm just trying to like make connections here as an infj I does it. i dig it <laughs> On the other side of the introverted feeling coin is the INFP, who are the mediator or the healer. So they're imaginative idealists who are guided by their own core values and beliefs. They see potential for a better future and pursue truth and meeting with their own flair. So very unique, very interested in, like I said earlier, saving the world. Um, they excel in fields that deal with possibilities for people. So counselors, teachers, artists, researchers, psychologists community managers maybe uh Ooh. that might be a, a a personal call out um <laughs> they have a gift for language which was like a really big focus especially in the uh 
the Myers-Briggs book, like their focus for language, like and the written word specifically um, is like bar none, basically. Um, and I really liked how it was described. Um, and this is shared among all the NF types. So INFJ, INFP, ENFJ, ENFP. Um, but it's strongest with the mediator, the healer for INFPs is that because their, their gift for language is due to their intuition and their feeling combination. So the intuition supplies the imagination and the insight and the feeling pre- provides the urge to communicate and share, which I was like, Ooh, that's me too. Wow. Um, but <laughs> it's sort of like the other three types tend to, I didn't like the word shortcut, but that was the word they used. Shortcut mm-hmm. to work like to, to spoken to the spoken word, um, which I don't personally think to be true, but also I'm a writer. So, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> but um I also was thinking it means just like communicating with people more in general and not like speeches or presentations or like hosting things, just like they are more like teachers, you know, like a one-to-one kind of relationship uh, with other people. But an INFP is going to use written communication because they don't want to talk to people (laughs) there, which is Mm. so funny because their, their thinking is about other people and and is thinking about um, how to help a lot of other people they want to save the world but they don't want to do it with other people <laughs> <laughs> or at least as few people as possible whoever they can trust again their I introverted feeling people. yeah i just don't want them around <laughs> yeah that which tracks for the infps that i know um, <laughs> yo wow. did you hear that yes i did <laughs> yo what? That was Robin being mad at me. <laughs> we, we literally called her out. She was like, excuse. Excuse you. I'm keeping you. it in. <laughs> Robin confirmed if that was you. Oh my gosh. Um, anyway, INFPs like written communication because they don't want to have to really deal with people unless like you're really in their like most inner bubble and they can trust you. Um, some characters that are INFPs, uh, or that we think are INFPs are Luna, Luna Lovegood. Um, it just feels right. Yeah. I, I have, it just feels right. No, no. She very much cares about people. She's not, she's not Mm -hmm. out here trying to like make any waves really. Yeah. Um, Jasmine from Aladdin. Um, I, mostly because we haven't really talked about Jasmine much and i think i would like to talk about her more uh but you know she is kind of despite her like power as being the you know the princess of her land she kind of just wants to chill and like help people she she's interested in helping people one-to-one um but her interest in and she wants to use her power to do good but like not really on a mass scale, like her, you know, one of her like character development moments early on or character uh, establishing moments is like her getting the fruit for the boy um, and then like getting in trouble and getting her hand mm-hmm. nearly chopped off, <laughs> um, which I think fits with the INFP sort of like, I want to help mm-hmm. people, but a little bit like in their own world about it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um princess uh, amelia minuet thermopolis rinaldi because <laughs> i princess had to of genovia of genovia uh, <laughs> feels like an infp to me um you're so hungry delia <laughs> i'm so hungry 
thought it was going to be me because, but it must be moving up. Uh, the wrath of the, I don't know, is it the nine? The nine it wing, might be the nine. Eights? Yes. The wing the eights, they're eight. out here. Yes. <laughs> um, Princess Mia Thermopolis uh, is an INFP to me. She's very idealistic. She wants to help save the world. That was a lot, you know, but not as much as Lily obviously but she does want to use her power to do good a lot of her story is about writing um the whole point is that it's a diary it's a journal um and that's how she's telling her story uh and who's gara gara he's my favorite naruto character (laughs) i said i don't know if shikamaru is number one but it's because i really love shikamaru but gara is number one okay absolutely i okay um, to my friend, who I know for a fact is in the middle of watching Naruto for the first time, close your ears or just skip forward <laughs> like a couple minutes. Um, Probably so, less. A minute. Pro- yeah, a minute. Uh, Gara is such a freaking sweet bean. I love him <laughs> so much. Um, he basically, like, he goes... I can't wait till we talk about Naruto. I don't know who we're going to have on to help us with that because you don't go there and it's way too long to try to go there probably yeah, at this point. Yeah. Um, I'll do but, some wiki, wiki searching. Yeah. He goes on such a growth journey, which will make it very interesting to talk about him because he starts out kind of like a, he seems like a, he's a murdery bean. He'd be oh. murdering a little bit. Oh, uh, just a little bit. <laughs> kind of a lot of it. Not going to lie. Okay. Um, <laughs> But he has, uh, it's very complex. There's a lot of reasons for it, but he uses okay. his intuition to navigate the external world to protect his internal world of feelings, which of which there are a lot, lot of. And he ends up being, and this is the spoilery part, um, he ends up being the youngest Kage, which is like the leader of these village clans. He becomes a mm-hmm. Kaze Kage, which is the leader of the Sand Village. And he is a very caring um, leader that... Mm-hmm like we were describing very much kind of like the counselor teacher. He Mm -hmm. very much thinks first of his people always Mm -hmm. um, and uses his extroverted intuition again to navigate these things. So um, I won't dwell on it too long because it's already a long episode, but I love Kara. That seems to be a theme here is that INFPs, and that's why this one tracks for uh, Enneagram 9 as well. It's less main, well, it is main character syndrome, but it's more like leadership. Uh, thrust into leadership uh, syndrome because but without the like outward facing like uh, gregariousness or or energy of an extroverted leader um and then i saved it for last because we did last time zuko is also an infp um (coughs) he he is definitely an idealist um part of the reason why he gets in trouble uh with his father is because he's trying to like make a better world for the people and it just doesn't match with what his father wants to to do. And so he stands up for himself. But then that nine, that nine that didn't want that conflict was just like, well, in order to to make things right, this is must be what I'm supposed to do. But then he changes his tune. Zuko doesn't really necessarily have like a writer's flair to me, but I think it tracks uh more than having him be a J. Like, he's not an INFJ. As much as I wanted my Zuko Bean to be an INFJ, he's not. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> he's think He's just he... not. He's just not. So He doesn't have the range, especially if you look at him in comparison with his sister. Yeah. 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 He has no planning. Okay. No planning skills. 
and even with the cognitive function like there's no way to rearrange it so it's like it makes sense because boy does not plan <laughs> yeah he's he's not he doesn't have the foresight uh, no. Iroh is out here really trying but Iroh is definitely a J I forget what we typed him as but ENTJ I don't remember y'all do y'all let us know what did we type him as <laughs> We could take it to the air table. I guess I do have it open if we just want to peek real, real quick. I know it's gone long, but y'all are already here. Y'all, y'all are kicking it. Y'all don't want the season to end, and neither do we. Exactly. I guess we, we might be, we might be oh, stalling a little. Bit. I know it is INFJ. I was correct, and that's exactly what it is. We're stalling because that's that's all she wrote. That's all I got. That's a wrap. That's a wrap on season one, y'all. We did it. There's so much that we want to talk about. Like we again have to sit down and really prioritize what's going to work because there's what you guys want um, and are interested in. There's what we want and are most excited to talk about, but we can't do it all in season one. Like that's just too much. I mean, in season two, but that's all just too much. So we're really going to have to to sit down and settle how we're going to, how we're going to go forward. But uh, we're so excited that you've joined this journey so far and we hope you love what's next. Yeah, um, you know, next season, we're going to take all the tools that we learned and gathered here and begin to use them to dive deep on into some of our favorite characters and pick our favorite stories apart and maybe some of yours. <laughs> um, but until then, you can check out the resources we've left in the show notes or join us on Instagram for more character analysis and Enneagram and MPTI content because like we said up top, it may be a hiatus for the podcast, but it's not a hiatus over there. Um, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, just like, like, let us know, like, like email. I don't know. Like, <laughs> find us where we're at. Um, find us anywhere. Listening to this in our hiatus, let us know. We're still eager to hear your thoughts. Just because yes, you please. ain't doing it live, we still want to hear what your thoughts are. Yes, please. Uh, and in order to do so, you can instagram us uh at the nerds are typing we are in the dms we are in the comments we want to know your thoughts no trolls uh <laughs> you can also find us on twitter at nerds are typing uh you can use the hashtag the nerds are typing or typing tuesdays if you're listening live on tuesdays um you can find me at constar24 and delia at delia is typing that's it we did that's it, it y'all i guess Woo. Let's go watch Avatar The Last Airbender again. We got to get prepared for next season. Absolutely. Let's go. (laughs) Happy typing, everybody. Bye-bye. The Nerds Are Typing is a Black Girls Create production. To find out more about Black Girls Create and how we're turning fans into creators, visit blackgirlscreate.org.